David Hay scared. I was, I tried to go on his live today. He was shitting bricks. <laughs> He's skinny too. He a vegan and shit. He said, yo, he was scared. He was scared. He seen less. I put let's go champ. He was on face. He was on live with somebody else. He said, <laughs> David Hay. No. I went on, I tried to go on his live. Oh, I, would love to see that. I just put like, let's go champ. I said, look at him. He's scared y'all. He wouldn't answer. I said, bring me on. I said, bring me on. People, everybody in the comments, bring no. on, bring on Shannon Briggs, bring on the champ. So when he got off the live with the other dude, he said, his face was shit. He said, I gotta go, y'all. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yo. He said, I gotta go, y'all. He said, I gotta go, mate. <laughs> me versus all of them, by the way. It ain't no tournament. It's me versus all of them. Line them up, but put the fight right next to the hospital. So they, and leave the door open. If in the ring, just leave a light, like a red carpet. Shannon, send another one. <laughs> send another one. Clear. Send them right down to the right down to the hospital. All of them, y'all. They a bunch of scary ass people, man. But you know what? I'm gonna start a new campaign. Cause ain't none of them old. Livingston got no work. Listen, ain't none of them old. Don't get it fooled. Don't get it twisted. A lot of them retired young. It was partying. They understand me too. But they ain't old. They ain't scared. They ain't old. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted, y'all. Do not get it twisted. These young, these they young, strong men. You feel me? They can fight. I do believe you, you sparred Tyson Fury, did you not, back in the day. How did that go? You know, Tyson Fury can 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 tell you guys. I'm not one for going around shouting, sparring stories, but you know, Tyson Fury can tell you guys what happened. I'm not one that goes on, oh, yeah, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this. Listen, you know, but, <laughs> you know, he's the one that come out and said he beat me up in the gym and stuff like that. I can tell you now, that didn't happen, you know. That didn't happen, <laughs> you know. Like I don't like telling inspiring stories, but but people in the grapevine knows. People in the grapevine knows. People, like, people in the game knows. You know, they know about me. Dillian, what did happen then? What did happen? Well, me and Tyson Fury's power, and I bashed him about and dropped him on multiple occasions. You know, it's as simple as that. You know, he wants to go around talking, this saying that. But if I was such an easy fight and he would, why is he not in any rush to fight me? He, he said before beating Wilder, when I beat Wilder, I'm going to give Dillian White his title shot after beating Wilder. And he just starts rubbish. I'm just sick and tired. Listen, like I said, credit to him for all the mental health stuff and all of that. You know, credit where he's done a great job. And like Johnny said, he inspired a lot of people and stuff like that. But this heavyweight boxing, I'm not going to sit here and play the sympathy card and pretend, oh, this and the other. 
he's got the belt. I want to fight him. So I don't care about all of that. This is war. Let's go. So, Dillian, let's talk hypothetical. So, say Fury beats Wilder, say, in October time, and AJ beats Pulev. AJ then may set to fight Fury. But how do you force the fight with Fury? How do you make that happen? Well, it may be time to start, in, to, to, to start taking people to court, you know, and make them start handling their mandatory position. It might be time to start looking at that angle. And, that, you know, because... I'm not going to wait more than... They've already unjustly took my mandatory away and forced me to wait um, an extra year. I'm not planning to wait no more time. Johnny, Fury White, how does that go down? No, I... And, and listen, I'm a fan of both fighters, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, uh, Dillian's one of the few fighters that Tyson Fury has not actually shouted out. He's addressed, I've asked, but he's not actually sh shouted out and chased down. So that makes me think... Do you not fancy this, or, or, or is there something we don't know? So when you're hearing these stories, uh, like what Dylan's just touched on, that happens in the ring, I think Tyson knows that, uh, that he is his bogeyman. So if he can avoid it, he'll avoid it. You know, it's convenient to him. But if you think about it, look past. How many times has Tyson Fury shouted out, I want to chase, I want to chase our Dylan White? How many times has he done it? He hasn't. He's addressed it twice when asked, but he'll never bring it up. That tells me a lot. Dillian, so body language, what you say, tells me a hell of a lot. Dillian, we're running out of time, but I want to know. I know it's a fight that you don't particularly want to happen, Fury, AJ, but what happens, do you think, between the two of them? I don't know. Well, that's a simple answer, Dillian, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's as much as we're going to get. All right, well, we'll leave it there for now. Um, what <laughs> happens if you fight AJ or Fury? Should we go for that one? Yeah, I, I'm going to try and knock these guys out, you know. I'm, I'm going to try and knock these guys out. I'm, I'm going to try and knock these guys out, definitely. You know, obviously, me and Joshua is one apiece. Me and Tyson Fury has been rumoured to fight. We've been ordered to fight. We've accepted, that, you know what I mean? So these guys just need to... They just need to give me my shot. Why don't these guys want to fight me? I don't think I'm anything special. I don't think I'm some great boxer, some great fighter. Or, or I'm not six foot nine heavyweight. I'm not six foot six heavyweight. I'm not no real beater. I just want my shot. I just want to go in there and prove to myself that I can do what, what I believe I can do. This is Omar Ahmed for IFL TV and Association with MTK Global via Zoom. joined by Devin Haney in Las Vegas. Devin, how you doing, man? Oh, great. How you doing? All good, Devin. Thanks. Uh, your pictures and videos are all, all over the internet at the moment. Uh, training with none other than Floyd Mayweather Jr. How long has that been going on, Devin? Um, I mean, from, from, you know, the world has saw, you know, it's been going on for a couple of days now. Um, you know, for the first day that we that we worked out, you know, uh, it, was, it was all over Instagram and stuff like that. So, mm. so is this a full time now, David? I mean, me and me and Floyd have, you know, we've talked uh, on numerous occasions about him, you know, working with me. As you saw that, you know, uh, there's plenty of videos of of him working me in the gym, just showing me different tips. Uh, so. Um, we finally, you know, really got in a, a real training session and uh, it went well. 
as of now, we haven't spoke on anything uh, anything long term. But you know, whenever Floyd can can give me tips and work with me, he always does. So you know, I have to thank him thank him for that. How much have you already picked up from him, Devin? I mean, so much. You know, um, Floyd is he knows so much of the um, of the game. Of course, you know he's accomplished so much and he's been in the game for you know so long. He turned professional. He 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 became world champion the year that I was born. So, you know, it's, it's so much that he can teach me, and uh, I'm learning so much. Well, you put on social media that it's destiny, and when you look back at the pictures, the water, is, is the water messing it up? Uh, the audio does sound like that. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, can you just start making no water, please? Okay. Sorry, that's my housekeepers. Sorry. No, you're all right. Um, you've put uh on the images that it's destiny. And um, when you look back at when you were training with Floyd Mayweather Senior, all then yeah. years ago, it is exactly that destiny. Do you believe that as well? David? Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like it was destiny. I worked with you know Jeff Mayweather, Floyd Senior, Roger. And now Floyd Jr. So I mean, it was definitely destined. Um, I'm very thankful for this. You know, um, you know, it's 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 just it's still unbelievable to me. Listen, let me come on to uh, Javonta Davis. Obviously, a guy who's been with Floyd Mayweather in terms of a pro promotional capacity for a long time now. Uh, he doesn't seem too happy that you're training with him. Have you seen his comments? Yeah, I've I seen some of the comments that he made, but at the end of the day, I just feel like he should worry about himself, you know. Um, I mean, what what I'm doing should have nothing to do with him. You know, what me and for me and, and, and Floyd have going on, that has nothing to do with him. We don't we don't talk about him. It don't have nothing to do with him. Our relationship I actually I knew Floyd before Gervonta even knew even knew Floyd. So, you know, our our relationship goes on, you know, way for it it, it goes on, you know, Many years, you know. I'm, I, I first met Floyd when I was nine years old. Hmm. Well, for people who haven't seen, he uh, he took to Twitter and said, "I was going to do camp in Vegas, but that's now over with." And he said, "I've been do I've been doing well by my lonely. Both of their asked the opposite way. I'm ready to fight whoever, including Floyd." What did you make of that post saying he's ready to fight Floyd? Maybe. <laughs> Me. At the end of the day, I mean, he feels the way that he feels. Um, he feels like we both ops, so be it, you know, um, at the end of the day, that's not my focus. You know, um, he he has a fight, you know, he has a, someone who he's going to be fighting his next fight, Leo Santa Cruz, so he should focus on him and what he's doing. You know, what I'm doing shouldn't, shouldn't worry him. Just to clarify, well, Floyd's not coming back, is he, Devin? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know, you know. Um, as of now, you know, we haven't spoke about that. Um, I mean, he, is he in shape to come back? Of course, you know, um, we train for so long, you know, we go 30, 40 minutes on the pad straight, you know, so is Floyd ready to come back? Could he come back? Of course, you know, um, I think with just his IQ, with how much IQ he has, um, I think he could come back, but will he? I don't know. Well, it looks like some legends in terms of Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. What are your thoughts on that, Devin? Say it again. I said it looks like some legends are definitely coming back. Uh, your yeah. likes of uh, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. What do you make of that? Are they going to fight? Because I see something about Shannon Briggs, too, in the mix. Or is, 
Shannon's also in the mix. We don't know who's going to fight who, but are you for it? Are you against it? I mean, of course, I'm going to watch it. I want to see, you know, how Mike is going to be, you know, um, after all these years. Of course, I, I want to see it. So I'm going to gladly watch it. I'm for it. Fair enough. Um, if, let's talk if, about if it was Mike or Evander fighting a young guy who was who was on the come up or in his prime, then I would say no, nah, I don't want to see it. But the fact that these guys are way past their prime, they're 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 in the same era. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Let's talk about some of the other lightweights, uh, Devin. You and T. Female put in a back and forth uh, the other day. I spoke to him actually a couple of days ago. He said that he did send and sent Eddie Earn an offer. Um, do you want to just clarify this? Yeah, um, I, and I also seen in an interview that he said that he sent the uh, sent sent the email. And he doesn't know who he sent the email to. He's not sure. Listen, he got twenty four hours to send an email to the right person. You know, so he can contact my my dad, my manager, um, or he can c- contact Eddie Hearn, my promoter. Um, you know, and he has twenty four hours to. If if not, we're gonna know that he's lying, and if not. We give him the name Pinocchio because he is a liar. He is he he is a liar. He never sent the email. He never sent the offer. I still, after all these days, I still haven't got an offer. He then called you an Eddie Weasels as well. Did you see that? He said he said what? No, I didn't see it. He called you a weasel and Eddie and a weasel. <laughs> I mean that guy is that guy is crazy. I'm he's really messed up. I think quarantine and, and all this old all, all this stuff is really getting to his head. Something is really wrong with him. He's really he's lying to the world, saying that he showed the receipts. I want him to I want him to go on the internet. They showed everything else. He might as well show show the receipts of him sending him contacting Eddie Hearn or him contacting my, my dad or him contacting us. I want him to show the receipts that that we're lying. If not, his name is Pinocchio, and I'm going to call him Pinocchio from this point on. He if he doesn't send it in 24 hours. Putting all, I'm putting all Pinocchio emojis on, <laughs> on his Instagram. I'm putting all line emojis on his Instagram if he doesn't send it in the next 24 hours. Once we're out of lockdown and that fight between Lopez and Lomachenko, if that happens, you give Lopez much chance, Devin? I don't even know if he's fighting Lomachenko. This guy lies so much. I don't know. I don't believe nothing that he says. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know who he's fighting at this point. I don't know if the fight is off, what it is, what it is. I don't know. I don't know nothing about him. He's, he, he lies so much. I don't believe nothing that he says. Well, well, two questions on this. Say the fight happens, how much of a chance do you give TFMO? And say the fight doesn't happen, are you ready to fight TFMO next? Would you make that next step? Of course, I'll fight TFMO or I'll fight, the, I'll, fight, well, I'll fight the winner. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make no difference to, no difference to me. Um, if the fight happens, you know, of course I give him a chance because this is boxing. I'm real. I'm, I'm real. I think anything can happen in the sport of boxing. Is it going to be tough for him to win? Yes. Everyone knows that. But can he win? Of course. It's boxing. Anything can happen. But I do see Loma beating. Let's move on to Ryan Garcia. Uh, you guys are both on his own. It's probably more realistic. Again, if that fight materializes next, would you take it even though he's got a world title, Devin? Of course, I think that that's a huge fight. A, a lot of fans would would love to see that fight. That fight is even bigger than you know uh, a lot of the world title fights you know possible to be made. So of course, I would take that fight. You know, I'm willing to fight you know the top guys. I, I'm not ducking or dodging anybody. You know, um, people said T. Bimo called me out. I called him out first. You know, let's go. 
go back, you can see me and me and T Primo was in a tournament together. We could have easily fought. He went the opposite way. I didn't. I was willing to fight. I was willing to fight him. I was willing to fight Loma. I'm willing to fight. I want to make these big fights happen. Yeah, I know there was that WBC setup, but to be fair to him, he did challenge for the IBF and, and won it. So can you see what him and Top Rank were to take? Can I see what? Can you see kind of the route that him and Top Rank were trying to take fighting Tommy for the IBF? No. Okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough, Devin. Um, it, back to Ryan Garcia. Have you seen the exchanges with him and Floyd Mayweather recently? Um, I've seen a little bit. I've seen something about him saying that he would rather take uh, Pacquiao's like, route in like, his career. Yeah, I mean, I just think that that's... That's nonsense. No disrespect to Pacquiao. You know, he's a legend. Um, I respect him, you know, to the utmost. You know, um, you know, I hope one day I can accomplish, you know, as much things as, as he as he did in the sport of boxing. But let's be real. I mean, of course, you know, Floyd has, you know, changed the game. He, he changed the game, you know, and, you know, he retired undefeated, you know, of course. And, um, I mean, it's no disrespect to Pacquiao at all, like I said, but Everyone looks at Mayweather as, as the model, you know, but do you still want to be recognized as Devin Haney, not the next Floyd Mayweather? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll definitely want, you know, people to 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 know that I am, you know, the the, the next Devin Haney. I am I am Floyd changed the game and I'm gonna change the game. I'm gonna change the game as well, you know. Um he did it his way, and now I'm doing it my way. But of course, I'm going to learn from uh, a great like like Floyd. What's your favorite Floyd fight, Devin? Every Floyd fight, uh, I like the Corrales fight. I like the Corrales fight. I like the Gotti fight. Um, I like the Chop Chop fight a lot too. So you liked him before he was at welterweight. I mean, I liked him at welterweight, but it just was. I felt like my style and and the point that I'm in that meant I'm in at my career in my career is where he was where he was at when he fought Chop Chop, when he fought when he fought Gotti, when he fought Corrales. That's the part of my career that I'm pointing to. Do you think you're headed to 147 one day as well, Devin? Yeah, most definitely. I think that you know I won't be at the the smaller weight classes, you know, not much longer, and that's why uh, that's one of the main reasons why I'm trying to make these big fights happen because. You know, I know that I won't be here much longer. Devin, let's go back a few weeks where, of course, the world was talking about some comments you made. Um, I'm just going to let you clarify and defend them comments. Um, you said you never met a white boy beat me. Just looking back, can you see why people were, were upset, Devin? And what I mean, about now? Yeah, I mean, I can see where definitely where, you know, they can take it, you know, a certain kind of way, but, you know, and that's why I came out and I said what I said and, and I showed them, I told them that, you know, I I didn't mean to offend anyone, you know, and I feel like no one can beat me and no matter the race, you know, it, race doesn't have nothing to do with it. I, I'm, I'm going to beat whoever they put me in the ring with it, no matter the race. And, you know, um, I learned from it and, you know, um, now I'm pushing past it. How's uh, how's everything in Las Vegas at the moment as well with this lockdown situation? 
Um, everything is great. I mean, we're making the best out of the out of, out of what it is. You know, everything is still pretty much closed. We like the casinos, but the restaurants and stuff is opening back up, so it's getting better. Have you had any indication from Las Vegas Commission and your promoter already done on when you could be possibly boxing, uh, Devin? No, as of now, I do not know. Um, we were leaning towards July, but, you know, I, I really don't know at this point. Just lastly as well, um, the WBC reinstated you as world champion again. Thoughts on that, Devin? Yeah, I mean, um, at the end of the day, I'm back to where I was supposed to be. You know, um, that's pretty much it. You know, I don't feel like I uh, should have been stripped in the first place. Or, you know, champion in recess. I would never strip champion in recess. Um, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. And now I'm back back to you know, full world champion and I'm ready to make the big fights happen. What about all these guys like uh, Carl Moretti and Tiafimo Lopez jump online and call you female champion? Carl Moretti is a troll. Um, that's all I got to say about him. And Tiafimo, Tiafimo can say what he want. You know, uh, he was in the tournament. We could have fought. Um, he went the opposite way. Uh, I pushed past him, and now I'm world champion. So if he, want, if he wants to unify, I'll be happy to unify in my next fight. All right, Devin Haney, thank you very much for talking to IFL. Is there anything you'd like to say to the fans and also your fans in America? Thank you to all my UK fans for supporting me. You know, um, I see the DMs. I see, you know, the endless support that you guys give me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you to you know, all my fans in general. I appreciate you guys. And uh, hopefully you guys will see me back in the ring soon. Definitely. I echo that. Hopefully catch up soon as well. Right. Thank you, man. See you soon, bro. Thank you, bro. All right. Stephen, before obviously I do let you go, I was trying to get your thoughts on a few of the things in, in the boxing world. Obviously, we mentioned Carl earlier um, off camera. You said he only lives about five minutes up the road from yourself. Have you had a catch up with him? Oh, I have seen the old time. He, he came down, so he got a bike. He got a bike, and I was out the front garden with the kids. And Dina fell up, pulled up, had the helmet all on. No, no one of them, no one of them, um, the helmets, the flipping. Make you go faster, the big long pointing on the back. He don't want them bad boys on, you know, for the dynamics they went to make him let them fly even faster. I don't know, but I see them having a, having a chat with him. He's, he's he's turning away, you know, he's tipping away in the gym, seeing what the crack is. And you, you miss each other's banter, do you know what I mean? You miss each other being away and, and living and having like taking the mic out of each other. But he seems good, he seems good. He hasn't grown any leg and he's got a wee bit fatter, but he's all right. Obviously, he was waiting for, for the news to break of a Jamal Herring fight. By all accounts, most of the deal was agreed. Just a few things left on that. What are your thoughts? I mean, do you feel Cole will go on to win a, a third world title in another weight division? Yeah. Yeah, I think he will. And not because he's a friend of mine. Um, because I've been fortunate enough to see him in the gym, you know, day in, day out. And just see just the way, the way he performs and... 
and the way he trains and then the way he fights. I have no doubt he will. Like I think he beats he beats Herring. Um Herring's a big lad too. Like he he's a big lump of lad. But I know for a fact, like that doesn't even, like it doesn't even phase Frampton. He's he's not worried. And I I think he's right in, in saying that as well. I've seen him spar boys that'd be herring size and stuff and you know, he he handles them very well. Like he's a very He's a smart fighter, like, but I just wouldn't tell him that to his face because he just loves it then. Obviously, to move away from college, should I get your thoughts as well on uh, Martin Murray? Martin, I've done an interview pretty much everybody in your gym except for yourself until today. Uh, Jack Cattrall, who I'm speaking to in a bit, and your new member, Dave Allen. I spoke to him earlier. Um, I spoke to everyone, but with Martin, I spoke to Jamie, and he said, like, this was meant to be Martin's final year in the sport. With everything that's going on, you kind of don't know what's what, and he wants to have a couple more fights. Mind, he still wants to fight in America once more. He wants to fight for a European title. What What do you make of Martin's career and what he's achieved, and how unfortunate he's been that he hasn't been able to win a world title for in, in the past? Listen, if if they give out world titles for Murat, Martin Murray would have a couple of world titles, wouldn't he? He he's he's a decent decent fella. Like everyone loves Martin too, and our jam Martin's like. He's like a man crush. Everyone loves him, and everyone's shit. Everyone's shit scared of him as well. Like no one wants to slapper to him because uh, he's he's tough. He's a lovely fellow, like. But I'd say if you mess my buddy, he'd rip you in half. Um, I know. Let listen. I suppose you're right, Martin. He was saying about being his last year, and it hasn't worked out that way. But and I think Martin's smart. Martin knows his body. I always remember in camp, he always knew when he should come in or when when he should come into camp. You know, we'd potentially be in camp and. Uh, me and, me and Fran and some of the other boys, you saying, you know what, I thought Martin would be in company now. But he knows when to come in. He knows his body that well, when to come in, when to train, when to pull it, pull it a busy, bit easier. He, he's very smart. He knows his body. So I want, like, I'm like i looking forward to seeing him keep going. Like, you know, he always has demons in his head as well. He wants to he wants to fulfill more things. And, and credit to him for playing. Also, I mentioned there as well, you know, you've got a new member for when, when boxing picks back up, Dave Allen. What do you make of Dave, Dave linking up? Oh, he's a funny big lump, him, isn't he? I, I've, I think I've only, I think I met him once, like Dave, like, but he seems, he seems a funny big lad. Like we have, uh, <laughs> we got a video and we have a group chat and we have like an initiation to get into our group chat on WhatsApp. You know, it's for everyone in the gym. Um, so he had to do it, and 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 uh, oh, he's he's a, he's a funny big lad. I think me and him will be doing a few rounds spawn as well, which will be good. What's uh, what's the initiation? Can you let us in or? No, no, it's let's just say it's to do with a, a sheep. You have to have a sheep with you. That's leaving me. <laughs> <laughs> I leave, leave out of your imagination. <laughs> um, obviously, Dave's going to bring Danny Morrell with him as well. So, uh, a young lad, 18, only just turned over. What do you make of their kind of dynamic as well? Oh, it, it, it's sort of like you're laughing. It's like a father and son type of thing. Like, isn't it? It's like an old father and son. But it, yeah, he seems to have he seems to have real love for him, like, which is the main thing. And uh, I don't know much about. Listen, I think my downfall is I don't watch enough boxing. Um, I don't know much about Danny, like um, so I'm looking forward to meeting the boys, like and get to know them, and and I think they'll fit in well in the gym. Jamie's very selective on who he lets in the gym because we all have, we all have a a good laugh, and obviously there's a few have left now. You know, Tommy's away and stuff now. Um, but Tommy, he's a, he's not he's not fighting in the gym no more, but he's still there. He's still down training as he's taking his own paths and debagging everyone and putting stink bombs in your car. That's just 
that's Tommy Coyle all over. But uh, I think the lads will fit in well in the gym, huh? David Cole obviously had a past uh, table tennis, Roy Vory. Have you had anything like that banding about in your group chat? No. Do you know what? We're going to really have to bring... I mean, not right in saying that Fram, Fram, like, destroyed him in table tennis, Bob, didn't he? That's what my recollection of it is, yeah. Because I remember Fram was nervous about going down. Because yeah. we have a table tennis table in the gym, you see. And I think Fram was getting a bit of a sweat on about going down. Because Fram thinks, he, like, Fram, he's not a bad player now, in fairness. Um, and I think he was getting a bit of a sweat on about going going and playing Dave and then he came back and said he was shit <laughs> <laughs> Stephen obviously just to get uh, your thoughts on a couple more things we mentioned it earlier Joshua Fury we obviously we won't see that for a while but when that does come about what are your thoughts on your undisputed heavyweight title fight Fury Fury he's just I, what do you think Fury for me like what do you think I'm sitting on the fence, mate. Oh, I'm come on, mate. Don't sit on the I'm fence. Come on. Splinters. Who do you think? Come on. Just blink twice. Blink twice for Fury and once, once for Johnson. <laughs> it's all right, mate. Nobody can see whether I blink or not because I'm going to cook myself out. So nobody will know. <laughs> what do you, um, how do you think the fight would play out? Listen, I think. Do you know what? I, I, I generally don't know. I just think. I think it's hard for anyone to beat George, um, to beat Fury, because his his boxing IQ, like his boxing brain, is phenomenal. Um, I was very, like, I was very, very fortunate years ago when I went away to Philadelphia with him. Um, when we were amateurs with Jerry Stoy, Holy Family Boxing Club. He actually mentions it in his in his book. Give me a shout out, which was loving. But uh, he. I got the me. I got the run away from over. He's a funny big lad. Like he's 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 a he's a warm character, but he's so good. And the way he moves with such a big lad and his anticipation and and his way to read opponents, he's just for me. He's the best. He he is the best for me. Like he just. I don't see how you can argue. Don't get me wrong. Josh is a big lump of lad, and he's 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 been on the pedestal, and he is he's a he's a he was great great fighter, and is a great fighter, but. I just think it's hard for anyone to beat Fury. Do you think AJ will give him more problems than what Deontay Wilder has? No. No, I don't. I don't. Um, no, I don't. Because, you know, Wilder's very unorthodox. You know, he's, he's hard to read. And he's, I don't think sometimes he knows what he's going to do. So how are you meant to know what he's going to do? You know, he's, he's, he's like one of them type of fighters where... I think Joshua could be a wee bit more reserved. And this, this could all be a pile of crap. Like, but I think he could be a wee bit more reserved as as of uh, in the fight and you know a wee bit more predictable possibly than what Wilder would be and is. And Fury handled that a gift, didn't he? There's one final thing which I haven't asked you about yet. Uh, behind closed door shows, is it something you are interested in? Something you'd be willing to to, to take part in if you was offered the chance to? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's just about getting back on fighting. Um, you know, I suppose it's a lot like years ago in the amateurs when you you'd have fought in tournaments in Russia and Ukraine, and there was no one there to watch. Like, do you know what I mean? Obviously, it's a different dynamic as a pro, but. It doesn't affect it. If it didn't affect it then, it's not going to affect you now. For me, it's just about giving boxing back. So, yes, without a doubt. 
Stephen, we'll leave that there now. And I will leave you to enjoy the rest of your day. But before I let you go, for everybody who tunes in to watch our interview, what would you like to say to them? I hope we didn't bore you too much and excited about the future as a cruiserweight. And wash your hands. Wash your hands. Everyone wash your hands. <laughs> Stephen, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. I hope you and your family stay safe and I'll hopefully see you in the near future. Thank you, speak to Boxing Social. Thank you, mate. Speak to you soon. It's an emotional day. It's a very, very emotional day because this is the time we give away this belt to the champion of the series. The second series is almost done. We are in the final. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final of the greatest. Marshall Turner from Canada. Please, please, please introduce these two warriors who have fought their hearts out in tough competition to get to the final. We got some Tyson on Tyson crime coming at you. Iron Mike Tyson taking on the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, in, again, a very, very strange battle. And you know what I, what, what I look forward to in this, what I would have looked forward to in this fight more than the fight would be the bloody press, press conferences. Would have been insane. The shit talking would have been real. Tyson Fury would have been playing mind games. Mike Tyson would have been like, I'm going to eat your heart out. And all that good stuff. I love it. Give me more. Man, I honestly, I feel like Fury, if he tried to play those games with Iron Mike, there, there was times in Iron, Iron Mike's career that he might play that game and just kind of melt back. But there's times when Iron Mike would have bit his ankle like he did to Lennox Lewis. There's times when he just had a, a screw loose and just go off on him. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 I don't think Tyson would have been able to play it as cool as he has with some opponents. Mike would have jumped across the table like a freaking tiger that he had in his own backyard. And just, it would have been the mausoleum. Anyway, we're here to talk about the fight. Unfortunately, the fight didn't happen. Who knows? It might happen. It might fucking happen. It actually, yo, that's crazy. It might happen. Mike Tyson may come back, become professional, beat someone in the professional ranks who's highly respected, and then given a title shot because it makes a lot of money. We don't know, but I don't want to think about that because we're in quarantine and shit ain't happening soon. So let's talk about this fight. How do you see it playing out? I think Tyson... Sorry, I got to be clear. Uh, Fury, I think Fury would be trying to work off his jab and maintaining distance early. Mm -hmm. But he would, he would get timed. He doesn't have the hand speed and he doesn't have the quick angles that Tyson have. He's great on his feet and he has great angles himself. But he does not have the angles that Mike Tyson has, nor does he do it as fast. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I think he'd be working his jab and... Mike Tyson would just be biding his time the first round or two, and he would find a left hook to the body that would hurt Tyson really bad and finish it off with a right, probably a right uppercut to the head, dropping him. Tyson, and then Fury's on the canvas. And we, what do we know about Fury when he goes down? He's the undertaker. He gets back up, and he fights, and he changes tactics. And from that point on, I think Fury would say, no, 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 I'm not playing this jab and backing up game. I'm going to walk that man down. And he would put the 50-pound weight advantage he has all over Mike Tyson and smother him on the inside, make him 
Tyson have to hold on to that weight and just fire short shots to the inside, just busting up Tyson. It would be back and forth, but I think Fury would be getting the better of the exchanges because he's making him hold all that weight. I think he would come out on top. I think it'd be one of the fights of the century. Did for I? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Both of them are so good at what they do that they're going to affect each other with what they do. Um, and I completely agree with you, Marshall. I think, um, Ty, and, and, and you take in, you do take, you have to take in what you said in the semifinals for Mike Tyson against Larry Holmes. We've seen Mike Tyson struggle with one thing, and it's people with good jabs and good boxing, ab- boxing ability. Um, now, we're taking that into account with Tyson Fury on a whole other level. We're taking it into account because Tyson is very, very, very good. What may be one of the greats to do what he does. And also, numbers do not lie, man. The, the weight advantage, the height advantage, the reach advantage. It'd be a very, very hard night for Mike Tyson. Um, and, and really, if, if once he starts smothering him, once he gets tired like he did against Buster Douglas and Evander Holyfield... With the, with the weight Tyson Fury has, you can literally tire him out in the middle rounds and towards the end, he could possibly land a shot through the pipe, possibly, we've not seen it many times, uh, cleanly, and, and drop uh, Mike Tyson and, and probably stop Mike Tyson. Who knows? Who knows? No, 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 no way. No way. That does not happen. If Buster Douglas could do it, if Lennox Lewis could do it, if any other guy can do it, and Tyson has shown that he has the power to stop people, and he's got this freakish statistic on his side, it's kind of hard to just, like, not see it happening. I know it's not the most likeliest event. That's why I didn't mention it at first. But there's a high chance. I, I think Buster Douglas has a higher knockout percentage than Tyson Fury does. So mm. I see where you're coming from that as well. But it's, um, like we said, if that fight ever happened... Boy, oh boy, would it be one of the greatest fights of all time? Uh, but, also, another argument: I, I can definitely see Tyson, uh, even even if he did run around for a bit uh, before he switched his plans, as you said, he's he probably could have just completely fatigued Mike Tyson without actually putting his weight on him by dancing and and, and jabbing him for like six rounds straight. He could do that. Prime Mike Tyson had an engine, man. He wasn't the knockout puncher later in the fight that he was early, but he could go for rounds. Mm. No, I see where you're coming from. But when you face someone like Tyson Fury, where he has to try figure this out, it's not just about having the engine. It's about your brain mentally getting tired because you don't know what else to do after the six and seven. Yeah, that's true. So do you want to confirm the result? I think we got split decision Tyson Fury. Well... There you have it. Tyson Fury, you, sir, are the champion. Well, not North America. You're the champion of the greatest series. It's been another fantastic series. We've had some great matchups. If you're somehow just stumbled across this video and you're watching this now, go ahead and check some. Go through the page and you'll see a ton of fights. We started off last 16 quarterfinals, semifinals, and we had some amazing matchups. Um, and, and you can see some of the fights. You don't have to watch all of them. Maybe there'll be a fight that you'll be interested in. We had champions from the 1950s straight down to, the, to this era. And we integrated them. We did a draw. And we broke loads of fights down. If, if you're not a heavyweight fan, which I'm surprised if you're not. But if you're more into your super middleweight, we did another bracket about a month ago now. So go ahead and check those out. Some really good matchups there as well. Um, people who came in and out of the super middleweight division. But that is it. 
for this series. I'm emotional. I can't lie. Um, but I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe to the Combat Hour. Massive shout out to the Combat Hour, by the way. They came up with this idea and they invested a lot of time into shooting and helping out with these videos. So whatever you do, whether you liked it or not, make sure to go support their page. Uh, you can find them on Instagram as well. Brilliant content on that page. And uh, make sure to subscribe to us. If you don't subscribe to Behind the Globes, go ahead and do that because we got tons of exclusive content all across the board, Behind the Mic, mic Podcast, exclusive interviews. And of course, when boxing starts up again, you get to see all the boxing content from all around the world uh, at the top, top events, as well as the small whole show events as well. So make sure to subscribe, guys. Make sure to follow both of us on Instagram and we will catch you sometime soon. Take care of yourself. Hey, Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here and hit the bell button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. And we also have a free app available on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure you go ahead and download that. Bye, Fight fans. Brilliant. So welcome to the latest edition of Debella's Digest with the man himself, of course, Lou Debella. How's your week been? Um, I had a birthday over the weekend. It was very nice and it was nice how many people reached out to wish me a happy birthday. And uh, it's been okay. The weather's been great. Um, you know, it looks like there's some kind of a timetable beginning to emerge as I guess we expected. And, uh, and it really is Groundhog's Day again, Danny Flux. <laughs> I wanted to save my um, happy birthday salutations for today for our video because this is our day, the Wednesday. I know your birthday was a few days ago, but happy birthday. I believe you share it with Sugar Ray Leonard. Indeed, with Sugar Ray Leonard, yep. Who, who, who's older? Um, who's older is a very good question. Ray is – okay, let's figure this out. Ray is. Good. Right. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we worked that out. Um, not many huge stories breaking this week, but something that kind of cropped up—not new news, but something I did want to get your take on because we haven't discussed it before—is Andy Ruiz's move to the Canelo camp um, for his training camps in the future, and what what you make of that move. Okay. Uh, here's how I'm going to view the move. Okay. I didn't like his move away from his last trainer, who I have a lot of respect for. And I actually think that his last trainer did his best with Andy. And Andy's been a problem forever. And the best trainer, his ex-trainer, made him heavyweight champion, along with Andy. But his ex-trainer had a lot to do with that. So I'm not, I'm, I don't, I don't want to appear like I'm making any positive judgment about leaving the old trainer. Okay, But once he had made that, that was done. Now he has to find somebody. I think it's probably a good camp for him. I think Canelo's a, a disciplined guy. I think that. The training guys know what they're doing. I think they've worked wonders with the fighters. They're working. I, mean, I think that that they're you know, Canelo has a good, a good camp. Canelo has the people around them that know boxing. So I don't think that's a bad place for Andy Ruiz to be. How much of the blame do you attribute to Ruiz himself? And I'm I'm gonna throw it out there and guess probably most of it for his defeat to Joshua in the rematch and and how he behaved outside the ring not training enough. I put it, I, I, I put, I, I put the overwhelming majority of it on him. 
But I, but you got to realize something. He's an incredibly talented guy. He might look like a little fat guy, but he's an incredibly talented little fat guy. And, and, and he's always been his own worst enemy. He's never been the most dedicated guy. He's a nice guy. You know, I'm a fan, but you know, as a person, he's a right. I mean, he's a fun guy, but he's, he's never been a dedicated athlete and he's his own worst enemy. And that's what happens. When you get to the age he is now and having achieved what he has, is it too late now for that penny to drop? Will he ever truly change? He can. I mean, certainly when your, your issue is your own training. I mean, George Foreman came back in his 40s as a big man, but an incredibly well-trained, you know, machine. Uh, you know, I, can he, like, all of a sudden, could he develop, uh, you know, maybe a change of scenery, maybe the new people he'll be working with, maybe a combination of things. He still has time. He's not... You know, he's not 40 years old. I mean, he has an opportunity to, to make changes. Um, will he? I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. And something else I wanted to get your take on. We've seen a number of fighters kind of derided on social media over the last couple of years for not fighting regularly or certainly not regularly enough to satisfy certain fans and, and members of the media. I spoke to Abner Mares, I think it was, probably around six months ago now, and put that to him as one of those fighters who's, who's had that charge leveled against him. And he said, look, if you can earn the same money for one fight a year as you can for four, then why wouldn't you do that? And I took that on board. But then what about the other side of things of building a legacy? And, and is that affected by not being out often enough? I think the majority of fighters right now see this as a business. They're legacy guys, but they're not the average guy. And, and, and by the way, this is a very unforgiving business. I, 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 you know, not from the standpoint of the fan, but the standpoint is the business guy. If your promoter or your manager or your advisor or your streaming entity says, I will pay you more money to fight once as opposed to two or three times, and I don't want you to fight that often, and you think to yourself, wait a minute, I'm not going to fight as often, therefore there are fewer times I'm putting stuff at risk, and I'm going to make more money, so why not? I mean, you know what? You can't fault the fighter for being a decent businessman. Now, that being said, most of the time, you're going to make more money, money fighting frequently, most of the time. But if you are actually incented to not fight, to fight less often, um, from a bit, you, you got to decide if it's the right business decision. You've got guys out there, for example, Javante Davis, Gary Russell Jr. is another one that springs to mind who haven't fought particularly regularly. And they're now at that age where it seems like it's time for them to make their move. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? They're going to be more, if they can make the same kind of money, they're going to be more used to the life they're going to be leading now. Because nobody's going to be fighting big, big name fighter, big money fighter more than twice a year now. Nobody. And, if, and, and, and it's going, at least for the time being, until 12 to 18 months, call it or whatever, you're not going to see super active champions. There are too many fighters look that need opportunities and, and, and showcases and money and, 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 and television. There, there's not an endless amount of television money or streaming money. And if anything, that's, that money's contracting, not growing. So, you know, in a weird way, the guys that are used to fighting less frequently might be more comfortable. That dynamic that the majority of fighters in this era are businessmen more so than legacy guys, is that something that's changed markedly from the past? And if so, why do you think that is? 
I mean, I think there's a lot. Of, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, there, there's been a long there's been a long history in boxing of exploitation. To some some places, it still goes on. Um, but things sort of got out of control in boxing where the popularity of the sport was actually decreasing that, that the, the, the bankroll of the sport wasn't bigger and fighters who were not superstars were getting paid a whole lot of money. And it became sort of a, a business that needed a correction that didn't make a lot of sense in some circumstances. Um, and particularly in the last few years where, you know, boxing's been, was a law, you know, it, it's not like. These entities paying loads of money are making loads of money themselves. The last few years, there's been a bubble of real big spending. And it's not like it, it, it made a lot of economic sense. So now that, that all that adjustment sort of kicking in now. And now we have this pandemic. And now there are going to be fewer shows and, and not as many fights per show. And the bigger costs with less revenue. That doesn't translate to bigger purses. Okay. And a scarcity of opportunity doesn't translate to um, a fighter fighting more often. So now fighters, by definition, are going to have to adjust. And I hate to end um, these sessions on a somber note, but something I saw you tweet about earlier and something I thought about a lot over the weekend um, as well is the tragic loss of Shad Gaspar, the former WWE superstar who died in the process really of saving his son's life um in a tragic you know it's a, you know you know it's a, you know it's interesting i i met shad i met him once i, I don't know him like i wish i knew him because he sounds like an amazing guy and i have a lot of people i know and care about that were his friends and spoke highly of him beyond belief hey look i mean what's a bigger hero than someone that would give up his life for somebody else and he saved the son's you know life and everything i've heard about the guy was that he was a great a great guy. I was reading an interview a number of years ago. The reason I I I, I know Shad is I know people that have vouched for him and really like him and, and everything else. But um, I also had read this interview with him, and he talked about growing up in Brooklyn. And it turns out he and I grew up within a few blocks from one another. So, like you know, his his local little train station and, and area he hung out in growing up was the same the same one I did. So I read that article and in the back of my head, I always knew oh, that guy's from Flatbush, you know, that guy's from Brooklyn. He's a real Brooklyn guy. Um, so, it, but it broke my heart to hear the story. And, uh, you know, he left quite a legacy, you know, he saved, you know, his son is, thank God his son's okay. And, you know, his son has a hero to look up to, you know? Well, let's hope that perhaps a fitting memorial can be created for him, perhaps in Flatbush. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that, look, he's, uh, you know, people talk about heroes and role models and courage and everything else. And, you know, you know, this, this guy lived it and died it. So. Brilliant. Well, always a pleasure talking to you, Lou. I'm going to My pleasure. go and enjoy the right, sunshine. Thank you, buddy. I'm going to walk the dog. I'll talk to you later.